I certainly welcome all of our listeners back to the Gospel Lights broadcast this evening. Those of our regular listeners, we want to tell you that we appreciate you taking the time to be with us each and every week. Some of you have called, some of you have seen us, some of you have have written and said that the broadcast has been a benefit to you and that we appreciate that because that helps us and spurs us on uh, with these uh, messages and songs. And we trust that the services each week will enlighten you and help you in your journey through life. We want to also extend a welcome to all of you who are joining us on the World Wide Web. We thank you for joining us again today and look forward to you being a regular listener. We would like to also remind you that we continue our services here on Sundays. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m. Worship service at 11 a.m. Evangelistic evening service at 6 p.m. And midweek service on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. There are a number of other activities that we have here at our church. If you would be interested in becoming a part of our congregation and serve with us, we would be delighted to have you if you are not already um, part of another um, congregation. We do want to serve you. We want to, you know that you can be part of God's family and be here at Wesleyan Holiness Church welcome you with open arms. Pastor Brenda Wallach is our senior pastor. Assistant is the Reverend Jeannie Dickerson. And you can reach them at 345-949-3394 or 345-916-5458. Or you can even write to us at the Gospelites Broadcast Post Office Box 346, West Bay, Grand Cayman, KY1-1301 in the Cayman Islands. Pastor Wallach is going to speak to us today on hope in the midst of my battles. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 27, verses 1 through 6. And as you do so, we would like to favor you with a beautiful gospel number that shall help you as you continue to service and serve the Lord and do service for him. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus since I found in him a friends so strong and true. I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Oh, 
was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me and he led me in the way I ought to go. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Every day he comes to me with new assurance. More and more I understand his words of love. But I'll never know just why he came to save me. Till someday I see his blessed face above. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Now in the Psalm of David found in Psalm 27, Verses 1 through 6, we find an exuberant declaration of faith. And I want to speak to you today concerning hope in the midst of my battles. Here in this 27th Psalm, beginning with verse 1, David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Now, concerning this Psalm of David, just as we 
title are hymns and gospel songs, so many of the psalms are titled. However, no two writers seem to be satisfied with the title for this psalm. But I noticed that the Syriac has titled it for David on account of an infirmity that befell him. That's quite a title, isn't it? Now, upon reading the words of this psalm, I see the imagery of a struggle or a battle being portrayed in these verses. And I think many times as we read the psalms and we read these words that we see things as as a war. But ballistic missiles, I don't think we're falling here. Did you know there can be enemies and struggles even in our everyday lives? I mean, here in verse 2, it mentions foes. In verse 3, host. In verse 3, war. In verse 6, it mentions enemies. There's a phrase like, though and host encamp against me, in verse 3. And though war should rise against me, verse 3. Seems that they all speak of a battle being waged in the life of David. It appears that, that he's in a difficult situation, however. It seems that something very troubling has entered his life. From his account, David needs a place to hide and something solid beneath him. And friends, for there to be a war in our lives, in yours and mine, it doesn't mean that ballistic missiles have to be launched toward us. Believe me, it only takes a negative report from a test result. You can be knocked down by one lone phone call. Your life can be changed altogether by one mistaken turn of an automobile wheel. And yet it is also very clear from reading these verses that even in the midst of this turmoil, trouble, and struggle David is having, he still has hope. Now, hope is a powerful thing. G.K. Chesterton said there is no medicine like hope. No incentive so great and no tonic so powerful as expectation of something better tomorrow. But what is hope? Most people understand hope as wishful thinking, as in, well, I hope such and such will happen tomorrow. Here's how the dictionary describes hope. To have a wish to get or do something or for something to happen or be true, especially something that seems possible or likely. And friends, that is the kind of hope that most of the world has a viewpoint on. That's their definition, describing hope. The world sees hope as a wish or as a desire. But that isn't what the Bible means by hope. The biblical definition of hope is confident expectation. Hope is a firm assurance regarding things that are unclear and unknown. And the certainty of this blessed future is guaranteed through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Spirit. Listen to the Apostle Paul. 
He says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The great goal of Christianity shines in this, namely that of presenting every individual perfect in Christ. We can't scale down the meaning of perfect. The Hebrew, the Hebrew writer says, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. And so, my friends, hope comes not from without. It comes from within. Listen to Jeremiah Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. The world says that hope is merely a fond wish or desire, but the words used for hope in the Bible tell a different story. They teach us that hope is a deep, settled confidence that God will keep his promises. Now, I know you have battles, but do you have hope? Are you resting in the sure confidence that God will do just as he promised he would do? Let's look into these verses for a while and see if we have hope in the midst of my battles. First, our confidence in the Lord provides hope, verses 1 through 3. David begins this psalm of hope by declaring his personal faith in the Lord. In verse 1, David has confidence in the person of the Lord, that God is his light, his salvation, his strength. That may not mean much to some people, but there's a tremendous blessing in these three titles contributed to our God. As light, God delivers his people from darkness. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, Paul says in Colossians 1.13. And then as salvation, God delivers his people from damnation. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, John says. Through salvation, God secures our souls. My, what comfort, what hope. And then as strength, God delivers his people from defeat. But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. As strength, God guarantees our success. And so these three great characteristics of God serve to give us hope in the midst of the battle. Just simply because of who our God is, we need not fear any, en any enemy that should arise against us. But then in verses 2 and 3, David has confidence in the performance of the Lord. David declares that his, pre his present hope is in the Lord and it rests upon that which the Lord has done for him in the past. And that same confidence is ours today. I trust in God. I know he cares for me. On mountain peak or on the stormy sea, he keeps my soul. The God we serve is unchangeable. Malachi says, For I am the Lord, I do not change, therefore you are not 
consumed, O sons of Jacob. He has never and he will never change. So our confidence is in the Lord who provides hope. Secondly, our commitment to the Lord provides hope. Verse 4, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, David says. David mentions three goals in this verse. These three goals all arise from a single commitment to serve the Lord faithfully. Notice how David's commitment to the Lord manifests itself. David is committed to lingering near the Lord, to spend his entire life in the house of the Lord. Now that doesn't mean he was talking about being at church all the time. No, no, no. He wants to be in that place where the Lord dwells and where the Lord's presence is real. David envied the little birds that made their nests around the tabernacle. These little birds could be near God in his house all the time while David couldn't. But David knew that he could be in God's presence. And friends, that ought to be your desire and my desire as well. To dwell in the presence of the Lord, in the house of the Lord forever. There ought to be a desire to find that place of closeness and intimacy with the Lord. Friends, life's battles will come in your life, but linger near the Lord. Then David is committed to loving the Lord, not only lingering near the Lord, behold the beauty of the Lord. Not only is David committed to being where the Lord is, but he's committed to loving him and worshiping him. How long has it been since you loved on the Lord? Since you just loved him. Tell him how much you love him. And then David is committed to leaning on the Lord. He expresses that desire to have talks with the Lord. How long since you had a conversation with the Lord about his providing you with breath and bodily functions and a mind that can think and process ideas and remember and express as we lean on him. And as we linger near him, as we love him, as we lean on him, he will see to our needs and to the things that would cause us to worry and be afraid and be discouraged. Because his rod and his staff will comfort and protect his children. And so our confidence in the Lord provides hope. Our commitment to the Lord provides hope. And finally, our comfort in the Lord provides hope. Verses 5 and 6. Here David says that God has a sheltered place for us. He tells us that the Lord will hide him in his pavilion. Now, what is David telling us when he says in, here in verse 5, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. Now, friends, I want you to get this. They tell us that a king's pavilion was a tent erected 
in the middle of the army's encampment. The tent was then surrounded by an army of brave soldiers. With all the host of the army camped about, the king's pavilion was the safest place on the battlefield. And those who were fortunate enough to be allowed to enter the king's pavilion were protected by the soldiers and entertained by the king during the battle. And then let us note that the word hide means to treasure away. Friends, as the battles of life rage about us, the child of God is safely tucked away in our king's pavilion. The Bible tells us that your life is hid with Christ in God, Colossians 3.3. Could there be a safer place in all the universe for the child of God? Of course not. Those who have entered God's pavilion are protected by Him. And even while the battles of life rage all around us, we are entertained with the peace and the joy of the King Himself. This promise, however, is for those who will abide in that close place. No enemy can penetrate the defenses and enter this private place. It is a protected place from the enemy. The assurance of his sheltering place allows us to weather the storms of life with hope. How does David know this? Because it was this hope that David had from when he faced Goliath. This was the confidence that helped David kill a bear and a lion. This was the assurance that caused David to evade the wrath of Saul. This is what kept and steadied David even down to his old age. And God has a sheltered place for you, my Christian friend. David says that God has a secret place for us in verse 5. In the time of trouble, trouble in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. In times of trouble, many people feel all alone. Sometimes people don't come around us. And that's understandable. We have to understand. Sometimes people don't know what to say. And let's be honest, sometimes what people do say, it hurts. But the word tabernacle brings to mind that secret place to which God takes his precious children, his precious friends. It was there that God took David during the battles of life. And David found himself shut up with God and shut off from the world around him. It's amazing that there is a place of solitude in a world filled with people and filled with trouble. And friends, there is a place that you and I can flee to during the crushing battles that rage all around us in life. A place that affords us quiet peace and profound presence in the presence of God. The old hymn says there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God a place where sin cannot molest, 
near to the heart of God. There is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God, a place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. There is a place of full release near to the heart of God, a place where all is joy and peace near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before thee near to the heart of God. Those who have learned to abide in him have been to that place and know the glory of that place. My friends, there's a place where you can run to today. David says that God has a secure and special place for you. Are you fighting some battles today? I suppose most of us are. But in the midst of your battles, do you have hope? Do you have the deep, settled confidence that everything is going to be all right? If you do, praise the Lord. But if you lack that hope, there is help for you today. By reaffirming your confidence, renewing your commitment, resting in your comfort in the Lord. Father, you know our every need today, and you know those that need to run to your pavilion. They need to find shelter. They need to find comfort that only comes from you, Lord. Help them to run to you today, even after the broadcast closes. Help them to find a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Redeemer, sent from the heart.